I've been sucking in my stomach since I was 11 years old. Actress Jamie Lee Curtis. As I read this quote, I sat at home alone in my sweatpants, clenching every muscle in my abdomen for no one in the world but my 10-pound Shia Poo. I released my stomach and realized I needed to revisit my own message on body positivity. Welcome to Overthinking in Your Underwear, the show where we overthink everything from self-love to reality TV. I'm Lindsay, author of Overthinking in Your Underwear, the book, now available on Amazon. Ready? Let's get back to the blog. This blog isn't about impossible body standards or Hollywood or even Jamie Lee Curtis, legend. It's about a lie. A lie to myself, a lie to you, an act of lying that's a major ingredient of having an eating disorder. Any problematic behavior from eating to drinking carries a built-in underbelly of lying to yourself and your loved ones to maintain your addiction. Looking back at middle school, it's easy to notice the covert ways I skirted around eating situations. As an adult, I ditched the lying, but I have to work overtime to ensure I'm being honest with myself. Recently, I began reading over texts I sent to friends in the past few months. I look fat, I text. I wish my stomach was flat, I say. I need to lose weight, I continue. Meanwhile, in my blog and across social media, I preach the power of positive self-talk and omitting negative chatter from your inner monologue. Love yourself, love your body, and hype your self-worth like an influencer on a live stream. I believe these things, and I practice what I post for the most time, most part. But when it comes to body image, things get messy. I had an eating disorder growing up. I talk about it now and then and in my book. And while the restricting and binging may leave you, the body dysmorphia moves in with three suitcases. Body dysmorphic disorder is a condition in which you can't stop thinking about perceived flaws in your appearance, which in most cases can't be seen by others. As a person with disordered eating or body dysmorphia, you're more comfortable covering up than showing out. As a skinny size two, I sat at the beach with a towel blanketing my body. Fit, tone, and 110 pounds, I chose dresses that sway and bag over form-fitting silhouettes. For a person with body dysmorphia, your flaws, real or imagined, feel like having a zit on the middle of your forehead and waiting for everyone to make a joke. So now that I've gained a few pounds from the pandemic, I feel more exposed than ever. I look back over my blogs and I mention the weight or gaining weight in 5 out of 15. Seeing my fixation in print, it's hard to lie to myself about my preoccupation. As someone who dishes out advice, I wanted to be honest about my realization. I have no real resolution except to tell you I'm working on it and I won't be, be mentioning weight moving forward. Many times... Eating disorders have nothing to do with restricting or binging. They are simply a struggle to accept and love our body. Someone can be at a healthy weight or even overweight and still work through their issues with body positivity. As far as advice goes, I'll leave this one to Jamie Lee. She said, I decided to relinquish and release every muscle I had that I used to clench and hide the reality. I have never felt more free creatively or physically. Hey guys, so that was the blog for this week. Um, so yeah, that was just sort of this, to use an Oprah term, aha moment that I had this week. So just to like explain the blog for you a little bit or the, the blog, the podcast, like literally whatever I'm overthinking this week is like what I talk about, what I share with you 
I literally sit down and go, okay, what am I, what am I overthinking? It might be Vanderpump rules. And if that's what I'm overthinking, that's what we're going to chat about. And this week I was sitting there and I texted my niece, my niece is 18. I kind of talk about her a lot. Um, a video of the dress I'm wearing for her graduation, uh, party. And I literally sent it to her and said, here's the dress I'm wearing. The dress looks really cute. My stomach looks really fat in it. And she texted back, I'm going to kill you. I hate that you say that so much. And my niece is a really confident person. I actually, it's something that I love so much about her. And the fact that she was hyping me up as someone that is her, her aunt, someone she should look up to, and she's giving me this advice. And it's not the first time. It is not the first time it has happened. It, she is, she's literally talked to me before about like, don't talk to yourself like that. And I'm the person that wrote a book about it. I wrote a book about positive self-talk and, um, I saw that video and it just really struck me. Like, what am I doing? Like, you are full of shit. Like, that's really how I felt. Like, you are full of shit. You talk about positive self-talk. You talk about retraining your inner monologue. You talk about self-worth. You talk about confidence. And I believe all those things. And I do sit around and edit my inner monologue at every turn, but I wanted to be honest with you guys that it's something that I have to struggle with all the time. And it's not, that's the biggest area, you know, there's plenty of, and I think that's kind of how we all are, are. There's areas that we might feel super confident. We might walk into our business, our work and go, I got this. I'm nailing this presentation. My coworkers love me. I'm the smartest guy gal, just using the guy, using guy in that way. Um, and the smartest guy in the room and, um, you might get home and feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to make dinner. I'm not a good homemaker. I'm completely failing in all of these areas. Like we have to retrain our, our inner monologue kind of at every moment of the day. Right. Um, so there are definitely areas that I feel like, I'm completely confident and I'm completely nailing it, but body positivity is one that I fall short on all the time. And, um, just be, I mean, I, I want to be honest with, uh, with you guys because I want to be honest with myself really. And it comes from having an eating disorder when I was younger, obviously it's something that even though the behavior leaves you, you know, I don't, I can't ever see myself, um, you know, binging or purging again. Um, and I don't even really think about, I think about food in a healthy way. I really do. I've, you know, I made a turn kind of in my twenties where I realized like, wow, what you put in your body really does affect how you feel the rest of the day. Like when I learned that lesson, that was such a valuable lesson. Like, wow, if you eat, a salad or a piece of salmon or whatever it is, you're going to feel good and it's going to fuel you throughout the rest of the day rather than you if you eat a Diet Coke and a pack of peanut butter crackers at lunch because you think that has less calories. You actually, you know, will slump and you won't feel well and you should you should eat a big piece of salmon and salad at lunch and that's going to take you throughout the day. So I really did kind of shift my thinking in my 20s to this food is fuel mindset. So 
I, I really understand the relationship between what we put in our body and how it takes us through the day. Creativity, creatively, like, is that a word? Have I had anything to eat today? I don't think I have actually. I've just had coffee. Um, no, creatively, um, or if we're, or physically. So I won't, ever go back to those negative behaviors of not eating or, you know, having a diet Coke as, as my lunch. But, um, the mindset is something that is harder to shake and it's something that's always with you. And like I said, the body dysmorphia of, um, of not accepting and and having trouble just like truly loving how you look. Um, I said this a little bit in, in the blog, but you know, now I'm 15 pounds heavier. I swear that's the last time I'm going to say it. I'm only, I'm only saying it to prove a point. Point being, I used to be a size two, right? Ideally, that's what, you know, everyone always kind of quotes being a size two is perfect. It's not, it's not perfect. It's not normal. It's not anything, but I'm saying it was skinny, right? And even at that small size, I still was covering up with a towel. I still had a pillow on my lap when I was sitting on the couch. I still grabbed a blanket and wrapped up in a blanket. The body dysmorphia doesn't leave you at any size. Um, It's just, it's something that's harder to shake. The behavior is easier to change. The mindset is harder to shake. And um, that's okay. I think that's something that we can be honest about and talk about. Like, it's just... I don't know that I've ever like truly like, this is kind of weird to say, but like known what my body looks like, like, <laughs> like I, people could, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if people could say your body looks good or you look skinny. I just, I don't really know that I've known, like, it's just something that I don't have a real awareness about. Um, I heard Megan Fox made a, I didn't really even read the whole thing. I read like a clickbaity quote about it. She made a quote in, um, Sports Illustrated recently where she says, I have body dysmorphia. I don't ever see myself the way other people see me. There's never a point in my life where I loved my body. Um, which is, which is very sad, but, um, it's relatable to me because I don't think, I've ever really understood, I've never understood the outside perception of what my body looks like. And I can really relate to like, I just don't get it. I just, I don't really understand it. I don't really get it. I don't have an awareness about it. Um, And I've kind of just accepted that like, it's something I can't, I have a cognitive dissonance if that's the right term of like, I can't connect these two things. I can't connect what my body actually looks like with my perception of it. And I'm going to be okay with it. I'm going to feel good about myself for other things and love my body no matter what, um, which is what I'm working on. Cause clearly I'm admitting right now that I'm not, um, because I just, the like dysmorphia stays with you so long, um, that I don't really have an understanding of it and I don't really know what it is. I don't really know what, um, what my body looks like. It's just kind of a strange thing. Um, even with, again, like I said, this is the last time I'm talking about gaining weight. I still don't really understand 
like what my body looks like. All I know is that I have gained weight. I know the number on the scale changed and I'm like, wow, that number tells me something is different. And the other number was quote unquote better. It was smaller. It was better. And it's what it should be. I don't even really know that I feel different in my body. Um, because I don't really have like much of a perception about it. it it's, a, it's a weird thing. And if you have had an eating disorder, if you have an eating disorder, if you have body dysmorphic, I'd love for you to comment and let me know if you feel similarly. Because <laughs> it is, um, it's a strange, it's a strange phenomenon. But um, I think beyond, first of all, I think it's something we can work on. We can work on everything. Um, but second of all, I think that you can also, we can also work on like just loving ourselves beyond that. You know, we aren't, we aren't our bodies. We aren't looking perfect in a bikini. We aren't being a size two. We aren't, um, we aren't skin, we aren't our skinny jeans, which skinny jeans aren't even in anymore, which I'm thrilled to hear because there's nothing I love more than a pair of baggy jeans. Like who doesn't love a big baggy pair of boyfriend jeans? They're the best things in the world. Anyway, that's not the point of this. Um, but we, we aren't any of those things. So the dysmorphia really, it's really about just loving ourselves beyond our body, right? Like for all the other things, like starting to make those lists of, I am creative, I'm smart, I'm a good friend. Um, like all the reasons that you love yourself beyond your body. Um, and maybe that can kind of translate over to body positivity because because of just like this holistic self-confidence. So I'm going to start working on all of this. I'm definitely not going to be writing about gaining weight anymore. I'm not going to be texting my friends and telling them that I'm fat. Uh, I'm not going to be telling my niece that uh, my stomach looks terrible. I'm going to definitely retrain my inner monologue and those phrases I'm saying out loud and um, to myself because I do, the, I really believe in positive self talk. I believe in we believe the words we tell ourselves, which is something I say all the time. So I think that's step one is we believe the words we tell ourselves, we believe the things we say out loud. So that's my step one. Step two, writing about it, obviously. You guys don't need to hear that trash. So. I'm going to do that. I would say a step three would be like wearing a bikini and not wrapping a towel around my body. But I mean, that seems really out there. So maybe that's like a next summer thing. I just can't even imagine doing that. Um, but I think step one and two are really important and I'll report back. Uh, I was just thinking about this. I have this really like trash idea about a stomach having to be like so flat since I was little, I've hated my stomach. I mean, hated it. I've always just had this like idea. And I don't know if this is like such a 1980s idea of washboard abs, like washboard abs seems like a 1980s term or 1980s, 1990s, like Denise Austin and her leotard doing sit-ups, right? Just like doing crunches, Britney Spears coming out with her abs. Like abs seems like such a 1990s term. Um, so 
I have such a trash idea of a flat stomach and abs. And so any appearance of a stomach like really triggers me. And I hate that. I hate that women aren't allowed to have stomachs. Men can have like the daddest bods of all dad bods. And we're supposed to have the flattest stomachs in the whole world. And I and I don't know where that concept comes from, especially because we're the ones that have babies. I don't have kids, but we're the ones that have babies. But dads are supposed to get the dad bods. Like, what the hell is that about? It's like such a trash concept. Um, before I wrap this up, I have one last rant on body image and body positivity. <sighs> I watched the premiere of the Kardashians last night. And Kim and Chloe are so skinny. It is their right to be skinny. And it is their right not to be a role model for the entire country. I, I feel like that's too much pressure. I feel like it's not in their job description. I don't know what is in their job description, let's be honest. But years ago when they burst on the scene... They really did change kind of the cultural landscape of what it meant to be beautiful, right? All of a sudden, it was big butts. It was big hips. It was all this stuff. And it wasn't just Kim. It was Beyonce. It was Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj um, it was Serena Williams. It was lots of women that we were like, wow, this is beautiful. Um, so all of a sudden, like, what a body type, what a beautiful body type went from Kate Moss and I mean, I'm going way back. I know that. But Kate Moss and like the stick thin figures of the 90s. And we got into Kim and Serena and Beyonce and I'm Ashley Graham and like um, the redhead on Mad Men. And these women were so gorgeous and so voluptuous. And it felt good. And it felt like we were moving in the right direction. Granted, I realize it like we we mess everything up. I mean, we literally mess everything up. All of a sudden, it was like this culture of getting BBLs that were like dangerous to people's lives. And it became having a teeny tiny waist with a big butt and big hips, which is completely um, unattainable in its own way. I get that. But still, it still was moving in the right direction of accepting a more normal body shape, um, than a size zero. So I love that the Kardashians say what you will brought us that. So seeing last night that they are so skinny, I mean, so skinny, Chloe, you could, she was wearing this one piece leotard in the first scene, in one of the first scenes, and you could see her hip bones poking out and a concave stomach um, in this leotard. And again, it is her right to be any size she wants. And I'm sure she works out and says she feels healthy and all of that. And she shouldn't maintain a body standard for the rest of the country. But it makes me sad or scares me that that may be seen as where we should be headed next. And it feels like that is what will be, that it feels like that is what is being signaled. Because if you look on TikTok, everyone is losing weight. Everyone is losing weight with these weight loss drugs. And um, 
it feels like we're doing this. We did this dramatic kind of like screech to a halt and shift backwards of like, now we all want to be wayfishly thin. Like, okay, that was fun. That was fun. We had big hips and big butts. And now we're all going back to this wayfishly thin thing because that's what we're seeing in the media. That's what we're seeing from not just the Kardashians. I'm using them as an example. That's what we're seeing in the media. And now we're going, now we're going backwards. It feels like a big step back. When we were going in the right direction, when the Kardashians first came out and we were accepting all sizes of bodies. And for once, like Jamie Lee said, (laughs) we could unclench our stomach muscles for the first time (laughs) since we are 11 years old, right? Um, So thank you for overthinking with me this week. And until next time, wishing you all good thoughts.